Hello, my name is Aziz and I'm the son of a divorced mother. She is really my superhero. That's why it's important for me to support women to share their uniqueness, their personalities, perspectives, and emotions about this world. In these difficult times in human history, we need to bring the people of the world together. And when we hear the voices of women, when we listen to real lives of women from other countries, we connect our cultures without differences or stereotypes, and we get inspired by their stories to live a better life. That's what this podcast is all about. My guest today is Rimotse Kwadi. Remo is a Motswanan girl working in Disneyland, Paris. She loves to dance, to write in order to clear her head, usually in the form of poetry or rap, but also just for herself. Remo also practices yoga. It helps her stay centered and it is a great way to de-stress and let out any unwanted energy. Plus, Remo is a big tea lover. Remo, how are you today? I'm doing fine. Thank you so much. And what about you? I feel blessed. I feel positive. And I feel so happy to have you here and very curious about you as a person. So I'll begin with this nice first question, which is, Remo, if your friends and the people who know you best could describe your personality, what would they say about you? Oh, this is actually such a perfect question because my birthday was just last week and usually I have to think about what my friends would say, but they actually wrote everything out for me. And um, just to summarize what I had received, well, anyone who really knows me would tell you that I am uh, a ray of sunshine. I am always spreading good vibes. I'm all about positive energy and caring about people I love and wanting to see everybody around me do their best and just glow in who they want to be and their best version of themselves as well. So, yeah, if you summarize it, I am, I am an amazing energy to be around. I love that and I can feel the energy. At the same time, I'm curious about your story because... Usually and often people who become a ray of sunshine such as yourself, they had difficult moments in the past that made them either decide to say, I refuse to be depressed, let me uh, become happy, or they have done work on themselves to find that energetic ability. Did you have that or are you born this way? No, definitely not born this way, but um, I will tell you a, a little bit of how I actually came into embracing my aura. And um, I mean, ever since I was young, um, my family really has always been together. And we always joke around with each other. And when we uh, are always together, it's, it's always very beautiful. It's always very playful, you know. And so we are very accepting of um, each and every one of us, even though mom might have her own scoldings to do or dad as well. But um, I think personally for me, uh, in just the way I've come in during the quarantine period, 
in 2020, I think is when I, I really did a lot of reflection about my years as a teenager and maybe where I may have gone wrong and everything that made me feel insecure and bad about myself, I faced in the mirror and it was a very hard thing to do, but at least I wasn't alone. I was doing it with my best friend, Josephine, even though we were across countries. We were all doing our own individual work, but like pushing each other and asking ourselves difficult questions. And I think that is important, especially in this day and age, to really be sure in who you are and not be afraid to look at everything you don't like about yourself, but still accept it because it's a part of you, even though it's ugly, but don't let it be clouded by just that, like allow the good to flourish as well, even though you know that you have this ugly. So because you know it's in you, you're more cautious about it. And maybe you think a lot before you react to people and all of that. So yeah, in summary, it took a lot of tears, a lot of um, self-work, but I just learned not to take anything personally because everybody's different and not everyone is very empathetic. So I love that there is so much wisdom in there. And I noticed you used from before that you identify yourself as energy and you spoke about your aura now. Tell me more. What are your metaphysical perspectives and beliefs about life? Do you feel you're a soul having a dream and you're seeing it as this reality? Do you believe that, um, I don't know, you're a human, but you can elevate yourself to a spiritual state through work? Do you believe your everything is meant to be and that everything is part of destiny, including the pandemic and the work you have done? How do you see life and reality? Honestly, the way I see life and reality is that everything is connected. So just to give you a little bit of context, uh, especially for me in my life growing up, uh, my family is Catholic, Roman Catholic. So I grew up in the church, you know, and so a lot of what was taught to me in church, the more I grew up, I felt like <clears throat> there were times that maybe it felt like there are so many rules that I'm being expected to follow. And for me, I've always felt that I just want to live free, you know, and not feel like anyone's holding me to a specific way of how I'm supposed to be instead of just listening to my my vibrations, you know, because I love dance and since I was young, rhythm is what moves me. And so I feel like even in life, like um, everything is about, you know, your wavelengths, the, the, the energy is just is just so adamant. And so being in church and like sometimes listening to priests that are really not actually telling you about the, the word of God, but implementing their own opinions that might be discriminative to other people and condemning other people for being born the way they are. It just made me feel quite sad, you know? And so I decided, you know, we're all here because we all love God. And so it came down to the question of what is God for me? And for me, God is not a person, but rather an entity of light. He is a spiritual being or, or spiritual energy that 
um, each one of us has drawn from, you know, each one of us is a speck or a spark of God's light and wisdom. And so in the energy and the way the Milky Way is, the way the universe is um, constructed, everything is working with the same energy. And so it is a bit, um, I find it a bit ignorant to ignore that. And so because of this, um, um, the way I look on life or maybe how I would describe myself is just a soul inside a body. And um, I think for for each and every one of us to understand each other, we have to first understand what wavelength the other person is coming from and try to put ourselves in their shoes and try not to just react on our emotions, but also try to take everyone's context and background as little as you may know into perspective before um, having a conversation or even before voicing out how you feel if they've made you feel sad or something like that but yeah so for me life is energy and and everything is important and nothing is um, smaller than the other because we each have our part to play in so yeah thank you so much i really love enjoy and i adore that answer and I want to ask more, a lot more about so many things, but I know your energy, your confidence uh, is absolutely amazing. And many women would love to be inspired by that to learn more. We live in a time maybe because of the pandemic and social distancing or social media or whatever. Many women are feeling stuck because, like you said, other people holding them to their standards and opinions rather than them listening to their own vibes and uh, wavelengths, etc. How do you recommend women go about gaining their confidence? How can they know which voice inside is their true voice rather than a repetition of the preachers or the parents or something like that and how to get their confidence and self-esteem oh that is a very beautiful question but and um there's a lot of layers to it and um I, give me all the layers feel, <laughs> it makes me feel so happy that you also recognize that there are so many layers to this because um it is a it is a thing amongst women especially that um in society you know you can kind of be afraid to stand up for yourself speak for yourself because so many a times you know it's been kind of instilled in you that you are a woman, you are either a subordinate or submissive. And even if you do gain power, like you're not really still on the same level as a man because your place is supposed to be for nurturing with the children. And even in your day-to-day -day life, like you're supposed to behave a certain way, be a certain way. So I think... For me, being a woman, I first had to acknowledge that my insecurities are really one of many, that um, I share the same insecurities as many other people, even men alike, you know? So I think uh, in the first place, recognizing that I'm not alone in my you know, my little moments of woe is me, you know, <laughs> I'm not alone in that. It's also somehow gives me some security. In the second in instance, when you take 
when you take like um, listening to your gut, you know, I think every single person in this world has what is called intuition, you know, and it's just a matter of how in tuned we are with that intuition, whether we are actively listening, whether we actually recognize it is there. And for me, after I started practicing yoga is only when I started to, that's when I started to hear my body with my breath. And I could feel my spirit, I could, I could feel my spirit like correlating with my yoga movements, you know, the ones that help me de-stress. And I noticed that, wow, I have so much more to me on the inside than what is just physical. And putting that physical practice into a mental practice now is what allowed me to kind of be more sure of myself and more and listen to my gut more. It's like, for example, you walk into a room and sometimes you walk into a room and you feel something strange, like, oh, should I be here? And sometimes you walk into a room and you're like, oh, wow, this is quite delightful. So I think to all the other women out there that feel that might have problem listening to this, so uh, troubles listening to themselves, you could just start with that. Try to notice when you feel whether something is off or something is good just based on your physical presence or based on your environment. You could start there and um Practicing listening to that is actually more difficult because it's like standing up to someone who's told you you don't have a voice. And so it is more much easier said than done. But I think the first thing is just to, to recognize and try to put it into practice and it becomes easier with time. Thank you so much. That's both very practical and <laughs> very like big picture thinking. I thank you for that. And I'm curious, you spoke about the benefits of yoga. And earlier as a dancer, you spoke about wavelength. How is it different for you, the experience of dance compared to yoga? Which one is closer to a meditation? Which one is not? Like, how do you experience the world when you're dancing? And is it similar in some ways or different in other ways when it comes to doing yoga with your body? Well, with yoga and dance, they are both quite, um, uh, I think you would say related in terms of like uh, movement. Whereas I feel dance now is something that's more, how can I find the word? Something that's more like in your face, <laughs> kind of, you know. But um, yoga is definitely more meditative. Even though you have different types of yoga, you have uh, like, uh, you have, I think you have, you have what is called yin, yin flow, which is more just for uh, releasing and um, like relaxing your muscles and stretching and uh, more about like holding poses for longer and listening to your body, you know. But um, with dance, I think uh, some of the some of the dance styles that could relate to somehow meditative could be like contemporary or modern dance because they are just movement and they're not really defined by what kind of what kind of step that you're about to do but for me it's when I started doing ballet that I was struggling a lot in my in my studies when I was in Spain 
And so I just couldn't understand what the teacher meant by you have to lift up, you have to feel the sensation of up. But coming from my background of um, Afro dance, I just did not understand what this meant. So when I did yoga, I started feeling like, oh, okay, this is a different sensation. And so one day I tried to do ballet with my eyes closed just by myself in my little room because the same way I practice yoga, I have my eyes closed. And that's when I could feel the sensation. And I was like, wow, okay, everything is clicking now. So yoga helped me practice being able to listen to my body more. And so the more you're able to listen to your body, when I'm dancing, it's like, I don't have to think about listening. I'm already doing it because I've I've put in the work, I've taken the time to try to explore my sensations with yoga. And um, But in a sense, I feel if you talk to every dancer with their own styles, dance really allows you to say how you feel when you don't have the right words. And so it can be a meditative state for anybody, even if you're crumping, even if you're doing hip hop, if you're doing whacking, all your emotions are outburst. But I feel with yoga, it just helps you kind of reflect more on the movements that you've done. So, Thank you. You use the word reflect there. And I'm aware that you use writing sometimes in order to introspect and for yourself. How different is it and how similar? Because some people might separate it, but you could experience things and get insights through different modalities that are all uh, leading to the same thing. When it comes to you writing poetry for yourself, rap, whatever it is, what does that do for you? And how is it maybe similar in outcome somehow to dance and ballet and yoga? Well, with writing, um, it's definitely a different form of release for me. Because usually when I when I'm motivated to write, it's based on something that may that I may be feeling immediately in the moment, whereas it's not uh, per se a build up of a build up of actions, but maybe just um, a certain encounter I may have had with somebody or how I'm feeling in the moment if I've been feeling the same way for the, for a week and I'm and I feel like I don't know how else to release this when I write it, Everything that I feel is in my face and in front of me, and it's more confrontational. So in that sense, I'm not just um, feeling it, but I'm seeing it as well. So it's a bit more intimidating, especially for someone who's more comfortable using their body to express how they feel, how they feel, instead of their words, you know. And I think they also the reason why I also keep a lot of writing just to myself is because it's very vulnerable when you when you say really how you feel and when you share how you feel with other people which is why it's so difficult for many of us to do but um but yeah when i write i'm also a bit more cautious about the flow of how i'm writing because i need it to flow the same way maybe it would flow if i was dancing so i'm very I'm kind of picky about the words and the rhythm, maybe. But I think in in turn, being specific about how you want to express 
um, how you're feeling and exactly what you want to say helps you completely understand exactly how you're feeling. So you're not wavered and it's not vague. It's this is exactly what I want to say. And even being particular about which word you you use, you know, maybe instead of hear me, you say um, understand me. Or instead of uh, speaking, you use um, instead of speaking, you could use just talking, you know, like syllables and synonyms all have their different effects. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really enjoy this. And I'm also curious because of you being someone who is very sunny and is in love with sunshine. Paris is often not the right place for that. Why did you choose uh, to live in Paris? Was it mainly because your work at Disneyland allows you to share your positive energy with many people? And if not, where would be the right place where you would be perfectly in habitat with your personality and your vibes where everything, the weather, the environment would be there? Would it be like a place in the equator, an island, Brazil, Hollywood near the superstars. I don't know, but what would be first, why Paris? And secondarily, how do you like, where would you love to be if you could choose any location in the world? <laughs> You've hit it right on the dot saying Paris is Absolutely not the place you want to be if you love the sunshine. Um, yeah, you know, uh, so first of all, why Paris? So let's give some context. I grew up um, in the Gambia. And uh, when I was younger, because of my mom's work, I was born in Botswana, but we moved to the Gambia, the smiling coast of Africa, they used to call it. So it was always very sunny, you know, so I think I really grew up with a lot of this sunshine energy, even being in Tanzania, it's either hot or cold. And following that, I went to university in Spain, where the weather is so much better. Yes, it's European weather. So when it's cold, it's really cold. But Spain in general is just beautiful energy, beautiful weather, beautiful people. Everybody's so hospitable, so accommodating, even if they don't really mind you much on the road, you never feel like you are a weirdo, you know? And so ha being African and having finished my studies in Spain, I knew that if I really wanted to pursue a career in dance, I would have to find a way to stay in Europe. So working in Disneyland Paris was just an off chance. I saw an audition in London. And so I said, okay, I'm going to take a flight. I'm going to try it out and see if it works because I need to find a way to stay in Europe legally, you know, because I need a visa for, <laughs> for everything. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so coming here, um, it just really was just for work. And so in a way, I'm also like glad that I was able to, while I was in Spain, I was able to really try to still find myself and understand who I am, who I want to be, because that source of fire has what has been keeping me going while I've been in Paris because I will personally say I do not like living here. <laughs> there is no sun um I find most of the people as well have a very dimness I don't know a, a, a dim 
aura to them and i think it, it's it's nothing personal it's just as a as a fact of like how the city is you know it's it's very tough living here and so um also not being able to see my family for a long time like i've just had to i've had times where it really wasn't a good week or it wasn't a good month or i'm breaking down you know but it's good that you know i i let that out because i know it's for what i really want to do and so you just keep pushing but paris is mostly just for work but i never allowed that to cloud myself because even in work i have a beautiful group of friends who i could call a family i have found a dance community in paris that is supporting of each other and that is just a, a different atmosphere you know covered within all the all the i don't know all the hurrah of like <laughs> i couldn't find words so i'm just like Ugh. but um yeah and if i were to be in anywhere if i were to be anywhere else in the world i've always dreamed of being in the caribbean like with the beach with the sun with good vibes and just nature like i really really love that i really love that i love the sun but i do the moon is my favorite but i feel like in a climate where the sun is just as radiant the moon is as well because in tarot cards the moon deals with emotions and i'm a very empathetic person so yeah i love that so you're a selenophile and i was thinking about something you mentioned tarot how do you live your life are you a person who doesn't make long-term plans in many ways and you flow and you feel you're protected and that things will fall into place? Or do you balance that and you're trying to read your future with the tarot cards and you're like, what will happen next? What's the right move? I'm so stressed. Let me make the right move. And uh, I have a dream I'm going towards and a big goal that is five years or 10 years away. Or how does it work? So with tarot cards... <laughs> I know there is um there are people who have a really big superstition about um tarot cards and people who love astrology as well and like all of this and that like it's just fake predictions and all of this you know crazy but everybody has their own uh perspective on things and opinion about stuff but for me personally when i think of tarot's Um, I never am looking for predictions about the future because as you have already um, figured or um, how I say guessed um, and mentioned, everything I believe um, is meant to be in its place, you know, and even though our destinies may have already be, been written out, we have no idea. So we just have to trust in the process We just have to trust in what God has put us here for, the universe has put us here for, you know, and um, the more sure we are with our intuition and the way we move forward, the better, like, uh, the, the, the more, well, the more, how am I supposed to say this? It's like, you definitely will end up in the right place eventually. And so for me, when I look to my tarot cards, I'm looking for more guidance in how to go about my ways and my day-to-day -day life. So it's like if I'm feeling really down for a week or I'm stuck or I can't make a decision, I take my tarot cards, I shuffle them, I ask them a question, uh, like 
what am I supposed to feel? What is a, what is happening here? And usually the answers I get are things I've already kind of told myself, but I didn't want to listen to myself because I, I'm afraid of taking that step and actually doing what I need to do. So my tarot cards for me are just a way of confirmation because sometimes they say things that I may have been subconsciously thinking, but did not want to really pay attention to or accept because it was too painful for me to receive. And so, um, yeah, I think everything is just meant to be how it goes. I don't go with the flow too much because you still need a plan, but I don't expect everything to always go my way. And I think that's another big part of life that we just have to accept and be okay with sometimes not being okay, because that's that's the way it is. Thank you so much. Please elaborate on that. And just to finish and end, you know, in this life, whether because of the weather or the whole uh, doom and gloom that the news and the pandemic and life and inflation and uh, Putin dropping a bomb and all that stuff. There are so many women who might be struggling with their mental health and their depression. And you said sometimes you have a bad week, etc. How can you bounce back from being in a state where you're feeling surrounded by negativity everywhere? How can you take care of your mental health in a time where you could be overloaded and stressed and uh, you need to study and work and uh, take care of family and, and so much. So what's your advice to women who might be overloaded and on the edge of burnout and depression in order to take care of their mental health and not and uh, focus on self-care appropriately without feeling guilty about it? Well, I think for once, um, for one, the first thing is acknowledging that we are not okay. And, you know, not being afraid to be like, listen, I'm not okay because and another thing about being a woman is that in society, you're often told that, you know, you're there for others and you have to be there for others, like no matter what, but like, who's going to be there for me? You know what I mean? I think in the first instance, it's important to realize how we are feeling ourselves. And so in that we can decide, you know what, I need to be alone and that's okay. Or I need to cry. And so you cry or I just need to sleep today because when you're in that, you're in a state of accepting it and you're not really denying or trying to shove anything under the rug in order to get by with your day to day. No, you have to acknowledge that I am not okay and I need a break. And so right now I'm going to be selfish because I cannot help anybody else. I cannot do anything else, be of service to anybody else if I myself cannot even be of service to me. And uh, in terms of um, people that, women that may be on the brink of, you know, depression or even wanting to go over the edge, it is a very delicate situation, you know? And having had people in my life who have expressed and been in this state before, it um, it really it really made me understand that you know sometimes you can't really do anything physically to help a person who needs emotional support because all they're looking for is a pillow 
to land on, to lay their head on. And so all you can do is be there for them to, for them to vent out and just to, to, for them to feel like someone is there listening to them, you know, because they're feeling heard for the first time. And so as much as, you know, therapy might be expensive these days and everything, I think, finding our own forms of therapy, whether it might be writing to ourselves and seeing, you know, in front of us, like, okay, so this is how I feel. Or maybe it might be painting a picture. Oh, so this is what my emotions look like right now. You know, it's all just a practice of self-love and and really trying to to be there for yourself. So whatever advice I would give, I would just say, Always remember that your feelings are valid. No matter how crazy they may seem to you, they are valid. And don't tell anybody, don't let anybody try to tell you how you're supposed to feel because only you know how you feel. And so be patient with yourself. Know that you are exactly the way you are supposed to be. Nothing is wrong. It's just a matter of finding your own rhythm. Thank you so much, Remo. It was my privilege and my honor to have you in this podcast, to share your voice, your wise perspective, your good vibes and sunny energy. I wish you success. I wish you your Caribbean dreams to come true and always a smile forever, no matter how the week is. Thank you again. Thank you so much, Aziz, for having me on this platform. I really am so humbled that uh, you took an interest in me. And I can't wait to hear about all the other amazing women that you get to interview. And I wish you success in this podcast. And I hope it reaches millions of people. And have a beautiful day. And thank you so much for your time. You are welcome. Thank you, too.